Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the first edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer. I'm a sports reporter here at the St. Cloud Times, part of the USA Today Network and Gannett here in central Minnesota. And joining me every week on this podcast will be my co-host, the prep sports reporter with us, Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we doing as we finally get this podcast launched? Yeah, it's been been a long time coming, but it's, it's it's exciting to kind of at least get everything in order and have our first podcast. Um, Unfortunately, we can't do it through in person, but we'll work things out. (laughs) Yeah, when Brian uh, started back here this last January, this was something we talked about. We wanted to get launched right away, Um, and we were getting close to it around the time of that second week of March um, when COVID-19 kind of shut everything down, and, you know, there's been some sports happening over the summer with amateur baseball, different things, but, you know, this is mainly going to be high school focused with some college once uh, college sports come back, so we wanted to kind of wait for the right time to launch this again. And with um, the girls' tennis season starting yesterday, we're recording this um, on a Wednesday. So they started yesterday, their fall season. Um, and some matches outside the area started Monday. So it seemed like, you know, this is the week of prep sports are back. All the rest of the sports start on Thursday. So I think this is a perfect time to get it going. Absolutely. No, and, and I mean, for us, we're, we're working with as much technology as we know to, to try and get this uh, going as mu- as quick as possible. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing a lot of zoom calls just between the two of us um, to start off. And um, it's just, it, it is just kind of the way that it has to be since we're kind of stuck in quarantine for a little bit. Um, but, but no, it should be a lot of fun looking forward to kind of going through some topics with high school. And eventually once college comes back, um, I know we got Husky hockey and we got, spring St. John's football, which is odd to say, um, but be really fun to have those part of it as well. So, yeah. And, um, you know, if you've seen SC time sports report, if that's familiar to you before, um, you know, over the years, we've done it as a video show since I started, um, the previous summer, um, before this last summer, that's what it's been called. It's been our video show. It's, you know, more produced all of that. Um, but since we're, you know, not, none of us are working back from the office yet. We're still all working from home. Um, this is what we got. So we thought it'd be good to, to keep the name too. And depending on, um, you know, if you're listening to this, you won't see it, but we're also going to put on sctimes.com, which is our website where you'll see all our high school college content. Um, that's where we're also going to probably put a little bit of, you know, segments or some best of highlights from, um, the entire podcast. So definitely make sure to check those out. Um, and as we start here, if, you know, people are, unfamiliar with us or if you've seen us at the games maybe not know who we are we're both um a bit younger and newer to the area so brian do you want to start off and just kind of let the the listeners know you know where you're from where you went to where you went to college and where you worked before you got to st cloud yeah absolutely um well yeah like you said my name is brian mosey i i grew up in crystal minnesota kind of we we slowly realized zach and i did that we grew up kind of right near each other um without even knowing it so kind of a fun backstory there but um yeah, I grew up in Crystal, Minnesota, northwest suburbs of the Twin Cities. 
um, went to Cooper High School, so um, love my alumni Hawks. So, um, and then traveled down to Iowa State University for college. Um, went there for four years and got a bachelor's degree in journalism and mass communications. Um, super fun area to to go to and um, be able to be a part of Division One and Big Twelve conference sports, which is always fun to do. Um, after that was fortunate enough to get a job out in Woodbury, Minnesota and stay kind of within the Twin Cities area um, with a company called Rivertown Multimedia. Worked for what was called the Bullet, the, the Woodbury Bulletin and the South Washington County Bulletin. Then it became the Bulletin. Um, and then that is no longer existing, but, um, but very fun couple of years there. Worked about a year and a half there. Um, and then, yeah, like Zach kind of said earlier, starting January, mid-January, got the opportunity to come out to St. Cloud and cover the high school scene over here. So I covered it for about a month and a half. Really fun. Um, and was getting all ready for the spring and this whole COVID thing really ruined some things. So um, been able to do some amateur baseball this summer, which was kind of fun to get back in the sports thing. Um, but really excited to get back out to some high schools. And I know you and I were out last week just doing some previews and things like that, that it was kind of fun just to get out and <laughs> do our jobs again, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And I started here um, June of 2019. So I was from New Hope, Minnesota. It's the town that borders Crystal. Um, Brian and I actually went to the same elementary school. We were a, a grade apart and never really came across each other. We probably, you know, side turned the hallways, played each other in sports, I think probably a little bit of basketball growing up too. And um, just kind of were strangers to each other, but Eventually, um, I went to school in River Falls for college, um, which is kind of in the area that Brian, the company he worked at, Rivertown Multimedia, um, they had some papers over there. Um, and I interned at a couple of those in one of the summers he had already started in Woodbury. And that's when we kind of connected um, and figured this all out. So I've, I finished up, I worked a summer or two there. Um, and right after I graduated my senior year of college, about two weeks afterwards, I moved up here um, for my first job and started here as um, for sports reporter slash photographer. It was initially more photography. And then last fall, um, I was the only sports reporter around here. So I kind of got a lot more flavor of the high school scene, the college scene, um, kind of seen it all now in this first year. So it's finally coming around to the fall. Um, the, some of these sports that I've seen some of these people play already a season is kind of nice. I'm starting to be a little more familiar with it, especially with football and volleyball moved to the spring. Um, we're going to get to cover each week on this show, especially in the fall, a lot of sports that quite honestly haven't got the coverage they probably have deserved in the past years. Um, so much going on, a couple less of us, but with us really dialed in on these sports, um, I think it's going to be a really fun fall um, telling these people's stories. And a lot of good teams out there. Um, so a lot of plenty, plenty of uh, headlines to, to write out for the upcoming fall. Yeah, and um, those of you that aren't familiar kind of with who we cover and what's happening um, this fall. So the main seven schools we, we're going to cover and talk about every week on the show are the three St. Cloud schools, Tech, Apollo, Cathedral, um, Sock Rapids, and Sartell in the suburbs, and then a little farther out, um, Recorey and Albany are the, the last two that kind of make up our seven school coverage zone that we're going to talk about each week. Um, and the sports that are going on as planned this fall are boys and girls soccer, boys and girls cross country, girls tennis, and girls swimming. So those are the six that we're going to talk about each week um, in the fall. And if this continues and we get to the winter and there are winter sports, all of that's still, we don't even know what the postseason is going to look like for the fall yet. So 
on here, we're going to kind of take it one week at a time and just talk about what we've seen. Look ahead to the next week as best we can because we don't really, like I said, really know what that's going to be. But we're going to, we're going to do our best to kind of give you all the coverage um, directly towards our website too. Like we said, sctimes.com. Um, it's going to have galleries, videos, stories, features, all that kind of stuff um, to keep you updated on everything high school this fall. Yeah, and the other part that we we're trying to do more often is, you know, kind of do that multimedia aspect. So we'll be, we just learned how to do some video um, editing. So we'll be doing those more often. We'll be doing, um, obviously, Zach and Dave have been doing such a great job with the photo galleries. Um, and so very fortunate as a sports reporter to have those two behind me to, to get some nice photos and such. And then also Zach and I will be writing some stories up, whether it's feature stories, gamers, whatever it may be. Um, we're going to be trying to get out to multiple events every night um, to try and give you the best coverage you deserve. Cause obviously some limited fan base um, this year. So we're going to do our best to try and at least get you into the moment so you can see what it looks like um, while you're sitting at, at home or wherever you may be. Um, the other part that um, would be good is we are very active on Twitter. Um, both Zach and I are. Um, so for me, um, you can follow me at, at Brian Mosey, um, really original, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you can follow me there and I do live updates throughout the, throughout the games that I go cover, um, as well as, you know, trying to socialize photo galleries and, and stories that come out once, once they're all done. But Zach, what, what, kind of talk about your Twitter handle. Yeah, I'm at SC Times Zach. Um, kind of some of the same stuff as Brian. I'll be posting a lot of my galleries, um, video stories, all that stuff, updating, um, breaking news, schedule changes, um, retweeting scores, all that kind of stuff. And then also check out our Instagram page. Me and Dave Schwartz have worked um, pretty hard to get that up in numbers. I think when we started, we were excited to have like uh, 3,000 followers or so. And now we're at like 6,200. So that's growing a lot. And I can tell, especially if you just look at the likes from the people, a lot of it is the high school kids, kind of that, you know, probably, you know, 13, 14 to mid twenties demographic. Um, it's really huge on Instagram right now. So if you're in that crowd or if, you know, you're one of, one of the parents that also want to see some of these pictures, um, cause we kind of put just a couple of our best pictures there from every game we go to. Um, that's definitely somewhere um, to look at. So just look up SC times on Instagram for that. Absolutely. Um, and now to get into, I think we're ready to, you know, now you, you've, we've been introduced, you kind of got an idea of what the program is going to be about. Um, today, it's not going to be like this every week, but today we're going to go through every single sport um, with our previews because we just finished over on the website um, previews for all six sports. Um, we were at practices about every hour of the day. It felt like last week getting ready and gearing up for this week to, to make sure we had everything done and kind of know what to expect. Um, as the high school season starts this week. So I think the best place to start, um, the, the first and only really main team sport, obviously the rest of these sports have team aspects, but, you know, just a true team sport like soccer without football and volleyball um, this fall, I think is going to be probably the sport that gets the most attention um, and most fans a lot of the time at these games, especially since it's outside. Um, so I guess first, Brian, I know we're going to kind of take boys and girls at the same time or, you know, kind of go back and forth. Um, I guess first, I know you didn't get to see any of these teams play last year because you were still working in the city. So from this first week of um, being out at a lot of these girls' soccer practices, who are some of the teams and players that fans should definitely take look of this fall? Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of fun just kind of going around and being like, all right, I have no idea what your team is about, but <laughs> um, can you give me a small synopsis? <laughs> um, 
The only team that I've actually seen play um, was Tech because I was at the state tournament um, for Eastridge when I was covering down in Woodbury. So I was able to watch one of the Tech games, and um, that's a very talented, very talented team. Um, And they bring back plenty of people. Um, So it'll be a lot of fun to kind of see how that team goes, especially with a new head coach as well. Um, But, no, I mean, just kind of the big names um, as of right now, um, I mean – you probably know more about the boys side cause you went and covered the boys teams last week. So um, maybe we can kind of tag team this a little bit in a sense, but um, I know for you, we, we both published um, top 10 players to watch for both girls and boys soccer. Um, I know the number one for you, Ethan Miller um, heard he had a, an all right season last year, you know, not nothing big, you know, only. Yeah, he was, yeah, I got to, uh, I got to get out to practice yesterday. They were the last team I hadn't covered yet. Um, and yeah, he had 20 goals last season, all four goals in the state tournament. Two an all right season. Sections. Yeah, <laughs> an all right season. Um, and he's back as a captain, senior midfielder for Tech, um, who, I, you know, they shared a conference title last year, went to state the last two years. Um, we don't even know if state's going to be a thing this year, but when I talked to him yesterday, he kind of said, you know, they don't even know game to game what's going to change, what could play if there's uh, if there's a COVID outbreak, if you know there's a schedule change, whatever. So they're just trying to win every game, get conference, hopefully get back to state if it exists. So I, I'd say yeah, on the boys side especially, Tech will be um, the team to watch definitely again this year. Absolutely. And on the girls side, I mean, one of the big um, teams last year was uh, Sock Rapids. They had a really good season, finished. Uh, um, or ended their season in the section finals against Bemidji, which was a um, tough game, but um, they come back with a lot of young faces. They graduated quite a few um, players um, kind of going through the all Metro list. It was like senior sock Rapids, senior sock Rapids. So I was like, Oh, well, a lot of, a lot of talent that, that unfortunately had to graduate, but they are bringing back a strong defensive defensive squad. Um, they have Maggie Fernholtz at the goalkeeper, position they she has been phenomenal um and she's only a junior so and talking to chris Fremo, the um girls soccer coach she even said the ceiling she hasn't reached her ceiling yet she's she's still got quite a bit to go and that's really exciting to see um along with that addison froiland as well as um ashley kunensko they're both going to be central defenders that are going to be kind of helping her out in the back um in the backfield and those three, both of them are seniors. Um, those three are going to be kind of the keystones to, to what Sock Rapids success will look like, um, as well as some really young faces on the offensive squad that can, you know, hopefully replace um, people like Chloe Stockinger and, and different people like that. Um, but yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how Sock Rapids goes. But the big powerhouse this year um, that brings back quite a bit of talent is cathedral girls soccer. Um, they have probably one of the, one of the strongest cores right now that, um, that head coach Stephanie McGinnis has seen for a while. Um, they bring back girls like Caroline, um, O'Driscoll, Megan corporate, um, Hadley Baines. They bring back quite a bit of, of familiar talent as well as a really young goalkeeper, um, Tori Anderson, who's an eighth grader. Um, she's been absolutely phenomenal this, this spring and, or this summer heading into the, the fall. And um, <laughs> McGinnis kind of joked, she's like, I'm a, I used to be a goalie, so 
I'm kind of protecting her to make sure she doesn't, <laughs> you know, hurt or anything like that. Cause she's going to be the future of this team in a sense. So, um, but yeah, with um, one of the big names from there is Caroline O'Driscoll. She was the, um, she kind of like Ethan had 20 goals. Um, she had eight assists and she was the top area goal scorer last year for them. So um, definitely bringing back quite a bit of firepower um, for the season and should be kind of exciting to see how that kind of unfolds. Yeah, definitely. And on the guys side, um, there are some teams that kind of stood out, like I said, with tech. Um, they also have Joseph Pearson, the senior defender back who is, was all conference. It's going to be big for them. But beyond that, um, they have a couple guys that played last year, but a lot of turnover. And that's kind of was the theme I noticed from a lot of these teams. Almost every coach I talked to said, you know, we had six, seven, up to nine seniors from the starting 11 or up to eight seniors from the starting 11 that um, have graduated that aren't going to be with us this year. So it's going to be a lot of teams trying to find a lot of new guys to step up. Um, kind of similar to Sock Rapids, like Brian said, with Maggie at goal, um, Eli Rudnick for them, their senior goalie, he's kind of also their, their do-everything guy, someone they can count on. Um, he's been starting already for – this will be his fourth year as a starter. Um, he made 120 saves, which was 19th in the state last year during the regular season, um, and only a 1.67 goals against average. And their defense was what kind of kept them in a lot of games last year. Um, they had, I think, tied for their most wins in program history since – they kind of went off for their own. They used to be co-opted with Apollo for a couple of years when they started soccer. They went off on their own about a decade ago and had a couple, you know, a couple of rough years to start, but they've really stepped it up this last year. Um, and they're really looking kind of on an upward trajectory as well. Um, also with Cathedral, boys should be pretty strong again. So they have one conference, um, 10 straight years, and at least for the last, I think it's seven, haven't even lost a game in conference. They've only been tied three times too. So, I mean, they expect to go, they expect to go undefeated every year. And with uh, one thing we didn't mention yet is that for schedules for this year, um, we should probably touch on with these soccer teams. So for the Granite Ridge, which Cathedral's in, um, and then all the six other schools I mentioned earlier, I mean, um, five others, um, since Albany doesn't have soccer, um, the five others are all in the Central Lakes. So Central Lakes are just playing within conference. Um, and they've added Moorhead and Bemidji, who usually aren't in the conference. Um, it's a one-year-only thing. Those will all be in the same conference, and they'll play those. There'll be 11, um, yeah, 11 teams, so it'll be 10, um, 10 games, and then I think they're still trying to figure out that 11th game if it's like a conference tournament or a, a game for seeding, whatever that's going to be. So they're only going to play in conference. And then Granite Ridge, I think, is only six teams um, for soccer, so they're going to play the five other opponents twice is what Cathedral's going to do. So... They haven't lost a game in the conference in, you know, getting towards a decade. They're only playing teams in the conference the regular season. We don't know what the postseason looks like. So, I mean, if you're, if you're a Cathedral fan, you're kind of expecting – you have to expect another undefeated season. You, you know, at this point, you've kind of set that standard. You can't expect much less. And the person for them um, that kind of gets it going is Jacob Maynard. He's a senior forward. Um, he had 18 goals and six assists, was All-State as a junior last year. Um, he can, you know, get others involved too. He, he commands a lot of attention. Um, so I know when I was at their practice too, they've talked about how they're really focusing on the defensive aspect. They have a lot of um, Ian Strong, Chandler Hendricks, some other midfielders that played pretty big roles for them as um, juniors and sophomores last year. So they're pretty content with their goal scoring ability. Um, but the defense is what they really got to figure out at the back is what it seems like they're kind of really drilling as they, as they kick off their season this week. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think there's something in the water with Sock Rapids goalies. I mean, with Eli and Maggie, I mean, it seems like it should be kind of a fun defensive defensive crew for both teams this year. Um, yeah, and just um, before we, we wrap up soccer, just a couple other um, teams and guys I wanted to mention was for Ricori. Um, they lose state leading goal scorer Christian Rodriguez, who had um, 40 goals last year, led the state. Um, they have junior Joshua Johnston in midfield back. He had 21 assists last year, a lot of them to Christian. Um, he was second in the state. So, And their team is a lot smaller this year, a lot more inexperienced. Um, a lot of the guys that were on the team last year when they started soccer, I think it was 2014, a lot of those guys had played all six years um, since they were seventh graders. So that's going to be, it's going to be kind of a, a rebuilding year possibly, or they might still step, um, you know, be towards the top part of the conference, depending on how well those, those newcomers step up. But the team's going to look a lot different this year. Um, also for Apollo, they lose quite a few guys, but Nasta Ahmed, um, who they like to nickname Isco when I was at practice, um, he's, he's pretty incredible too. He's got, a, he's kind of got all the skills. He can score from the midfield. He can get his teammates involved. Um, he's going to be kind of, that guy that Apollo really relies on in the early stages. And then also um, on my top 10 list, though, another team we haven't mentioned yet um, is Sartell, who while they don't have a lot of the guys back that kind of just have stats that just completely, you know, jump off the page, Nick Sanderson, he had 11 points um, combining goals and assists last year. He played a big role for them. Um, and they have a lot of guys that are back. It's just, they're going to be kind of a more balanced attack. It sounds like nothing that, they're not going to have that guy that scores 15 to 20 goals probably, but they, they'll also be looking to be competitive kind of last year. They were, they were more middle of the pack and they dropped a couple games um, that they were kind of disappointed in last year. They lost to soccer rabbits in sections, which they'd never done before. Um, so I think they're going to be, that's going to be kind of fuel for them to start this season. Absolutely. Yeah. And on the girls side, just kind of wrapping it up um, one, one team that, um, was kind of hoping to get rid of the 2019 season was um, Sartell. They just had the injury bug like crazy last year. And um, they're hoping for a very healthy 2020 um, because they have quite a bit of talent that can definitely um, turn some eyes regarding this upcoming year. Um, you have midfielders like Maddie Cruz and Reese Klutzer. Um, she, those two have been, are going to be kind of, um, controlling the midfield a little bit. Reese is only a sophomore and she's unbelievably talented. Um, so um, going to be kind of fun to see how they, how they work out. And then um, going through my top 10 list, um, I was joking with Zach earlier this week about, um, is it okay to have seven defenders as, <laughs> as a top 10 list? Because apparently the defensive squad is just really strong in the St. Cloud area. I don't know. Um and it's kind of funny because on, on the flip side, I mean, I had one goalie and I think two defenders on my top. <laughs> so, I mean, so if you I'm want not, offense, go to boys yeah. soccer. If you want defense, go to girls soccer. <laughs> yeah. It'll just kind of be who steps up, who steps up their game this year is. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like on the girls side, you know, other than um, cathedral a little bit, it's going to be searching for that, that go-to score for a lot of these teams. Yeah. And then, I mean, just to kind of wrap up the, um, Lauren Sch Schmitz and Krista, Krista Meyer, they, they both are going to be, back as defenders for Sartell. And then with Ricori, um, Tech and Apollo, all of them are kind of looking to compete in the conference. Um, Tech had a really big turnover of, of players. They graduated 13 seniors last year. Um, so just kind of having a lot of younger faces on the team is going to be kind of the main thing this year um, for them. 
Um, and then with Ricori, they have a brand new coach with Grant Johnson. Um, and he's kind of shifting the entire style of how Ricori plays. Um, they're going to be more of an attacking and offensive type of strategy rather than um, kind of a defensive, you know, that type of aspect. So um, just definitely a lot of adjustment there, but could be kind of a fun, um, fun way of, of seeing how they do um, over the next or, or in, within the next couple of weeks. And then finally with Apollo, kind of a tough season last year with them. Um, they didn't win a conference game or um, didn't win a game at all at heading into the section tournament, but went out and got two wins um, in a row before they were eliminated. And um, just kind of talking to the coach, um, Stephanie Scalarud, um she kind of, she said, you know, we're going to be kind of the underdogs. And when people come over to play us, um, they're going to expect to win and we're going to give them a fight. And so that's kind of their mentality is kind of hoping that that success from the section tournament kind of carries into 2020 um, as they get ready for this very unknown season <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. And I, the last thing I just wanted to mention was that for tech, um, Dan Stoderu is the new head coach. I'm the only new head coach on the boys side. Um, he's been in a, he played for them in 2008 when they went to state. Um, he was an assistant in 2015, 2018 and 2019 when they went to state too. So he's been kind of good luck for them. It seems like um, he's got a lot of roots in tech soccer. So, and I was out at practice yesterday. He's really involved in the practices. He's taking shots. He's running them through the drills. Um, he looks really excited to, to be that head coach. Finally, um, you know, Nantha Viswanathan that um, was head coach, you know, had, kind of took tech to all those state appearances um, retired with, I think it was almost 150 wins. Um, he retired last year and kind of left a, you know, a big legacy or kind of shoes to fill, but I think Dan's going to do a really good job at as head coach there as well. So they'll be, they're the only guys team I think that doesn't play till next Tuesday. Um, the rest of all these soccer teams that we mentioned, they're going to all kick off on Thursday of this week. Absolutely. And then um you know, as we wrap up soccer, we're going to get into swimming here in a couple minutes. There's, you know, as, as Brian's told me, um, as he's kind of been going to these schools, he kind of thinks swimming might be the most talented group um, in sport of kind of, you know, rich, talented uh, depth and teams that are going to have this upcoming um, fall. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break here. You're going to hear about um, our Best of Central Minnesota event. It's really, it's always a big event around um, the fall. It's going to look a little different this year. Um, but you're going to hear a little bit about that, and then we'll get back and talk about girls swimming after the break. Thank you for voting in the 2020 Best of Central Minnesota Readers Survey. The SC Times is now tabulating the results, and we'll reveal the winners and top five finishers in more than 60 categories on Friday, September 25th. Watch www.sctimes.com and check out the print edition September 25th for a special glossy magazine featuring the best of central Minnesota. And we're back here at the SC Times Sports Report. We just kind of covered everything, maybe not everything you need to know, but a lot, probably more than you want to know about boys and girls <laughs> this upcoming year. And now we're going to dive into girls swimming. Um, Brian kind of took the lead on this one. We kind of separated the sports. We each took a soccer. I took guys and girls cross country. And then Brian took swimming and tennis to kind of make sure we could get all of this done in a week and have enough bodies to, to get to a majority of these practices. Um, and swimming, we have a lot of talented individuals from last year, a lot of state appearances, um, and also some teams that return 
a lot of depth. Um, that's going to be really exciting this fall. Brian, as you kind of went around um, to some of these practices, what was, what was the thing that really stood out for you right away as probably the team to beat for this fall? Well, I mean, when it comes to this area, I think the number one team that always comes on your mind is Sartell. I mean, whether it's boys or girls, mm-hmm. it's such a dominant program over the last, I don't even know. I mean, I was looking at their banners while I was sitting in the... <laughs> yeah, it's a little like, intimidating, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was counting them and I'm like, one, two, oh, wow, that's a lot in a row. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So this year, Sartell is looking for their 12th straight conference title. Um just like we said before, not sure about what the postseason may look like. So obviously their sights are on conference and trying to, you know, be the best at conference. Um, basically their mindset is undefeated. I mean, and deservingly so. They have quite a bit of girls coming back that, you know, have the talent to be able to have an undefeated season in conference. Um, they also have a new face at the, at the head of it all. Um, Hannah McCraig. Um, she is the new head coach for uh, the Sartell girls swimming and diving team. Um, and she, she was joking around, but I mean, it's honestly pretty serious. It's honestly pretty true. She was saying that, you know, this is, it, it kind of seems like she got the keys to a Ferrari, like nice <laughs> Ferrari. And I was mm-hmm. like, it, it's completely true though. Cause they just have so much talent. Um, you know, you start, you start back with some familiar names from last year that, made all Metro um, also kind of took their spot in, in um, at state and different things like that. Um, t- names like Heidi Lawrence, Holly Lawrence, um, Lauren Kramer, Emma Yao, um, Megan Jobin, um, just kind of as some familiar names from last year, but also quite a bit of some seventh and eighth graders that are going to be kind of taking some spots over. Um, now that there hasn't, there, there isn't as much exhibition. Um, there's not going to be as many exhibition uh, events or um, runs, it, it's going to be a lot of who's going to take that spot for the varsity, um, the varsity meet, and it's going to be a lot of competition between all of them. And honestly, it's it, it's going to be really exciting to see because I mean, Hannah even said she's like, I'm not I'm not mad about the fact that kids are going to be competing for it. it. Means that we have a lot of talent. Um, but yeah, it should be really fun to see how they do. Um, I. I mean, personally, just knowing from past experiences or past stories, I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if they went undefeated this year. Um, They are that talented and they have a beautiful, beautiful pool to go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But another team that's kind of looking pretty strong is Cathedral. Um, They won their conference title last year. Um, They're looking to go back to back this year. Um, And I think, uh, personally, I, I think they have the talent to do it. Um, it is going to be a very competitive Granite Ridge conference, um, but I, they definitely bring back quite a bit of uh, talent to, to be able to defend that in a sense. Um, they are switching pools. They're going from, so St. John's is usually their, their pool that they go to um, since the public can't go there um, due to COVID. Uh, they are switching to St. Cloud State University, which is I think nice because it's closer drive <laughs> for us to go cover. Um, <laughs> but um, but also it's it's a beautiful pool just as much as St. John's is. So, um, but they bring back uh, two twin sisters, uh, Lindsay and Lauren Netland. Um, both of them are very strong swimmers. Um, 
their relay teams are going to be kind of exciting to see. Um, just talking to their, um, their head coach, uh, Jen, Jen Daker, she, she even said it's going to be kind of fun just to see how they do. But the main part for them is regardless if there's a postseason or not, they're kind of looking at it as we want to get to the postseason. Um, and what it comes down to is fractions of seconds. I mean, they, they, one of their relays last year missed going to state by 0.08 seconds, which is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, just, you hear, you hear it in their voice. Like, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> um, so they're definitely looking at every second counts and they're going to be, you know, pushing all of the relay teams and everybody else um, to try to get their best times early on in the season, especially since like we all, we've always said, we don't know when things are going to end. So they want to make sure they just keep, pushing that, that personal best. Um, yeah. And when you, you know, and just touching back on Sartell, you know, that, that 12, um, you know, straight titles, um, conference titles. And I know that's, that sounds like a lot, that's a big number. And it can, once you get past, you know, five, six, seven, it's kind of, it kind of loses what probably the shock factor, but to put in perspective, I, I was still in elementary school. <laughs> that would put me at 11. Yeah. I would have still been like a fifth grader and Brian would have been a sixth grader. So that just shows you how long they've just been doing it consistently and they've just been a force um, to be reckoned with. And I guess beyond, I know those are two of the favorites kind of as we wrap up um, girls swimming here, there, what are some of the other um, squads or maybe swimmers to watch um, that are going to be definitely pushing for those postseason spots this year? Yeah, definitely. And the, 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 the two teams that um, besides Cathedral and Sartell that are kind of looking strong, um, is Albany and uh, Sock Rapids. Sock Rapids lost quite a bit of um, senior talent from last year, but they, especially um, Anna Lucas, who is now at Missouri State, um, but they bring back a fire of, of uh, seniors with um, some of the big names are, you know, Abby Tangen, Haley Davis, Madeline Ziegler. Um, those are kind of the, the big names, um, as well as their relays. Uh, they have two co-head coaches that just, filled in. They were assistants last year and now they kind of took over that co-head coaching. Um, Megan Dingman and Whitney Wise, um, they are both, they both kind of said, watch out for our relays. They're going to be really strong this year. Um, Albany, the big names, um, she, she kind of, um, the head coach, Carla Schneider, she kind of said the sophomore and junior classes make up about 60 to 65% of their team. Um, and so for junior swimmers um, to kind of look out for is Megan Coakland and um, Ellie Blantner, um, as well as sophomores Katie Spanier and Emily McLaughlin. Um, all those four are kind of the big ones, but obviously there's a rich amount of talent in, in that area, and they'll be competing for that uh, top spot with Cathedral. Um, they finished second last year, and they're, they're definitely not happy about that. <laughs> so they're going to be – they're going to be looking at those crusader, crusaders for some revenge. Um, and then um, Apollo, Ricori, and Tech um, all are kind of, you know, they have a lot of individual goals and, and team goals um, in the sense of that conference title, probably not near that yet. They're still building up a lot of young talent that are that's still growing. Um, but they have quite a bit of just – I mean, some individual talents that are that are looking pretty sharp this year that could potentially have their personal bests, maybe get a pool record, um, possibly be competing for um, a spot at that state tournament if that is a thing um, this year. 
Um, but yeah, just a lot of, I mean, when you're talking about teams, I mean, you got Albany, Sock Rapids, Cathedral, and Sartell. Um, should be kind of a fun one to, to, get, in the, to get into the pool and, and watch them compete, um, especially this week. I mean, this Thursday, we already have Albany and um, Cathedral going against each other, which could possibly even determine who's going to be the, <laughs> the one and two, and you're going to figure that out like the first week of, of when mm-hmm. it all starts. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to kind of see how they, how they all interact in the pool and such. Um, with, with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, and also, um, what's, what's the ruling too on, on fans at any of the swimming events? Yeah. Indoor, since it's indoors, they cannot allow any fans. So, um, a lot of them are trying to figure out, um, videos, you know, live streaming it as best they can. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And the girls are trying to honestly talking to them. That was one of the big things was how do we motivate ourselves? Cause most of the time you hear all the echoing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have 20 people in those stands. It echoes so loud that yeah. it feels like there's 150 in there. Um, but now they won't have that. So it's going to be a lot of encouragement from their teammates and, um, and just being able to, you know, find a deeper meaning behind, you know, what you're doing than just the fans screaming. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, read like Brian's preview on girls swimming, or if you, you know, as, as we kick off coverage, want to see it, you know, every story, um, if you're, you've been hitting that paywall and, you know, got your five stories for free, or if you see that four subscriber only content, um, the best way, you know, we have a really great offer coming up right now at SC times. It's uh, $1 for your first three months for new subscribers. Um, it runs through September 8th. I'm kind of a labor day special. Usually around the holidays, we usually have some type of special like that, you know, $3 for three months is what I've seen before. $1 for three months. I mean, I mean, come on. That's too, that's too good not to, especially if you're one of these swim parents. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of coverage, a lot of features, um, making sure you get all the results, the content, the, those great stories that you're not really going to get um, anywhere else about these teams. So if you're interested in that, um, offers.sctimes.com, I believe, is where you yep. can find that. Um, and, and make sure you get all the high school coverage you want this fall. Well, and, and the other thing about it is, is, I mean, you and I have both been talking about this, but since there's going to be such limited fans, I mean, for $1, I mean, for three months, I mean, you're going to be getting plenty of coverage, whether we're at the game or not. You're going to be getting these podcasts. You're going to be getting videos. You're going to be getting stories. I mean, we're going to do the best we can because we know that you can't get out to the game as much or the meet. So we definitely are going to be trying our best to, to give you the best coverage possible so that, you know, that – you know, whether it's $1 or if you're getting delivery or papers or whatever it may be that your investment into this, into this newspaper is worth it. Um, and so we're going to be doing the best we can, but yeah, definitely a great offer to, I have already told a few of my friends about it and we've been, they've already been signing up about it because it's such a good offer that, you know, why, why not do it? Yep. So like I said, that's um, just digital access, but all encompassing digital access for $1 for three months through September 8th. So make sure to jump on that. And now um, I think we're going to move on to our next sport here, um, which will be um, cross country, which I, I kind of took the lead on this one as we were dividing up sports Um, guys and girls. There's a lot of runners, a lot of um, teams too, that really have big aspirations for this year. Kind of the same with all the sports we've been discussing. It's hard to, to do some of these previews and kind of talk to these, the kids and especially the coaches, um, 
without knowing what, you know, usually you go, okay, our goal is this, the, we want this many kids at state, this relay team at state. Um, we want to win a section title, whatever. You don't even, beyond your regular season schedule, you really don't know what it's going to be, but that's kind of the same mentality that a lot of these teams are taking um, as we enter um, the cross country season on the girls side. Um, you know, Albany and Ricori both had really good um, 2019 seasons. Albany qualified as a team for state. They finished seventh at state um, and had a couple. I mean, when you qualify as a team, you get to have, you know, those, you know, seven runners, but they would have had a couple runners qualify anyway um, from their section position. And on the Ricori side, they had qualified as a team in 2018 um, and then didn't, they were really close, but they didn't qualify as a team last year, but they still had four individuals run at state. So both of those teams are kind of back in full force. They have a lot of um, some of their top runners back for Ricori. Um, Caitlin Motter and Paige Larson, who are both freshmen, are the names to watch. They, um, you know, Caitlin was first in section, second in conference, um, top 20 overall at state last year as an eighth grader. Um, I went to state as a seventh grader too. So, you know, she's kind of already done all of that. They have big goals again this year to just kind of keep lowering those times, making sure they're ready. Um, you know, if a postseason does come. Um, and for Albany, they have Olivia Gable and Christine Kaltoff, who uh, they both also qualified for state. They were kind of the top runners. Um, Christine did finish first in the Granite Ridge, and Olivia was third. Um, you know, they were both top five in section. Um, and Olivia had a really good state meet um, with the time in 1932, which she was about over 20 minutes earlier um, at those postseason meets, and she really dropped her time for state. So, both of those are coming back too. Um, the other girl to watch, I would say, for um, Sartell is Ingrid Buswig Arama. Um, she's been to state the last five years. So if, if there is a state meet, she's trying to make it a sixth and be there every single year for high school career. Um, you know, she's kind of dropped times until this last year. She'd um, been dropping her time basically every single year um, and then was a little slower this last year, but she still had a really good finish. Um, throughout conference and sections. So all five of those girls are, have plenty of state experience. Um, and I think are going to be, you know, really big threats and especially recording Albany, recording the central lakes and Albany and Granite Ridge. I think they're really going to be hunting down that, that conference title again this year. Absolutely. And, and I guess, I mean, yeah, it seems like with the girls just as much as the boys, I mean, it kind of seems like a balance of talent from, from both genders. So I guess, what have you seen on the boys side of things that, kind of excites you for this upcoming year yeah boys side is there also are a lot of a lot of good runners last year last year I, I did the all metro for boys cross country and there's basically already just from that team there was you know five six seven guys back so I'm like well that makes my job easier trying to <laughs> trying to figure out who to look for this year um the top runner top runner is sam brewer from apollo he was um he was 79th at state um but he was uh, sixth overall in conference and 14th at section kind of as the number two runner for them last year. Um, he stepped it off. I know their coach, um, Justin Darrow, he said that they did, they kind of do two mile time trials during the year. He posted the second fastest time I think they've ever recorded since they've done it. So he's looked really good um, in this off season. And with Apollo two is um, Tucker Tenvorty. He, um, just missed. He was one spot off of state last year. Um, so he kind of used that as motivation. He said he was running six, seven miles a day, you know, five, six days a week, which just sounds exhausting personally. Um, but he, he said, you know, a, 
a lot of their guys, um, and Ethan Logman too, was one of their top runners last year. Apollo, they were second in conference. I think I looking back at the the conference archives, the last time they won conference was like 1979, which is almost 20 years before I was born. So it is is it's not been some you know they were I think a couple years ago they were sixth, then they were fourth once or twice, but they had a better result that second year. Um, you know, fewer points behind that, behind the top spot. And then last year they got up to second. So they're pretty confident that they can at least, you know, equal something like that again, or they really are pushing for that, that conference title. And I think they kind of have, they seem to have a bit of depth. They kind of have the talent to do it. Um, another, a couple other, just, I'd say the other team to watch the most is the only guys team that made it to state last year is Cathedral Boys. Um, they're, you know, they were, they've been a dynasty around here for so long. Um, you know, for there was about a 20 year stretch where I think they went 18 of 19 years to state. So, and then they had um, about a three or four year stretch where um, they didn't appear at state, but then last year they got back there. Um, a lot of those guys are back. They lost a couple people. Um, I think Mitch Miller was one of their top runners that they lost from last year, but they still do have a lot of good pieces coming back. Um, Turner Shot is a junior. He's going to be the top runner coming back. Um, he was third at the conference meet, seventh at sections. Um, he was their top finisher at state last year, if I remember correctly. Um, and they finished 11th in the team standings out of 16 teams. So um, I'm sure they'll be shooting for a little higher if there is a state meet or they can get back there this year. But a pretty respectable effort after not um, you know, being there for a couple of years. So I know they were really just excited to be back there in the first place. It was a big accomplishment for them last year. Um, and then also one or two other guys to watch. Um, Grant Mayers for Albany as a sophomore last year. Um, he finished 46th overall at the state meet, which is the highest of anyone coming back. He's in class A. Um, Albany Cathedral are class A. And then Ricori, Apollo, Tech, Sartell, Sock Rapids, they're all um, class 2A, which they're kind of separate in a lot of sports, but like soccer, everyone's in the exact same section. So it's kind of fun, those different sports that they kind of are equal playing field. Some they get, you know, spaced out a little bit. So on the guy's side there in class A, but, um, you know, Grant, he was runner. He was second at um, the Granite Ridge meet last year, 11th in section. So I would kind of, in the the senior who was from Mora, he's um, graduated now who finished first at conference. So I'd say he's kind of the favorite in the Granite Ridge um, this year. And at least I know for them, I think they already do have a conference meet scheduled out. Um, I know it's kind of tough because one thing we should mention for cross country is that you can only have um, three teams at a meet this year. Um, so no, you know, sometimes there's, there's like mega meets with 30, 40, 50 teams. Yeah. With, with social distancing and all of that, none of that's happening this year, but I think for those conference meet, they kind of want to try to run it in waves where, you know, three teams run, do their 20 minutes or, you know, 20, 25 minutes it takes to finish, um, run the next three. And I mean, that's, that, those are going to be long days, but that's about the only way I think you're going to be able to do it this year. So Grant's one to watch. Um, the last one on my top five we didn't mention yet was um, Daniel Binsfeld for Sartell. He was 15th in conference, 22 at section, so just a little bit off of qualifying for state as well. Um, but he's kind of their top runner coming back. Um, and their new head coach, Greg Henning, um, who took over this year, he kind of says that he's really important for um, planning their workouts, doing all of that. He's a really good leader for them. Definitely. And talking about new head coaches, it seems like that's been a common thing in, in, in the cross country world for, for this area. I know it's funny. There was, there was, I mean, Jeff Kellerman at Sartell had been, you know, 36 years, I think it was. 
when we wrote about that. And there's been a lot that had been there for so long, but yeah, I mean, if you, when you look at it now, I mean, there's, gosh, I think it's five of the seven teams have first year head coaches um, in cathedral guys and girls are brand new head coaches. They're the only um, school that separates those. Everyone else has a coach for just one coach for guys and girls, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, if you kind of go down the list, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's honestly, it's nuts. Just how many of these coaches are, they finally are kind of getting the reins. Basically all of them have been assistants. So you have Greg Henning at Sartell, um, Sandy Lahr at Sock Rapids, Tom Stoffel at Tech, Eli Starkaz and Greg Jamison at Cathedral, um, and Apollo head coach Justin Darrow. He was been a co-head coach, but now he's stepping up to the main head coach roles. I mean, the only ones are Apollo and Ricori um, that are keeping their same head coach. So, I mean, that's that's and especially in, in a weird year like this. I know they got to run a lot in the summer, and they did get to do a lot of kind of their usual training. So. And for something like cross country outdoors, it's probably not as weird and different as some of the other sports, but still, I mean, they're, you're kind of coming into such a tough situation with trying to either, it's harder to recruit kids if you're trying to, you know, get numbers up um, with things being so different. I know a lot of these programs have had um, some volleyball or football players um, kind of join. And that's, that'll be a theme. I think we'll probably, we'll probably dive into right about as kind of the season goes on as we start to see some of these games, but I know soccer and cross country, and I'm sure there might be some other sports too that have some kind of surge in numbers because of not being able to play football or volleyball. Yeah, absolutely. And, and talking to the ADs, I think for cross country, they're allowing 250 people to come um, and be a part of it, but definitely quite a bit of new rules. Um, I know for us when we went to tennis yesterday, which we'll get more into um, in the next segment, but um, I know that was a big, that was a big uh, component was just the fan basis aspect too. So, um, and, and earlier we were talking about soccer and they'll be able to have 250 people too. And it sounds like the away team and the home team will have like 120 tickets to kind of give out to friends, family, and then, you know, the goal, the, the aspect that the ADs are kind of looking at is hopefully we have to turn people away because yeah. there are people that want to come. Yep. But, you know, unfortunately, that's just how things are going to have to go this year. Yeah, and I know for um, – we're going to be, especially this week, with um, meets kind of starting at nice times, some in kind of the morning or around noon because school's not in session yet. We're going to be getting to see a lot of these teams in action this week. Um, and one thing, too, I know when I talk to um, – you know, Tom at tech that he said, um, you know, they're going to be, they're at Boulder Ridge this week, but they're not going to be, you know, they're kind of spacing them out. You can't be crowding around the start line or the finish line, which is where a lot of parents usually are. Mm -hmm. But kind of trying to space people out along um, the path to make sure they can kind of be in compliance with all of that. So it's going to be interesting. It's um, tennis, as like you said, we're going to get to later in the show. It was a a little different. It wasn't terribly weird or like insane kind of nice you, you never really know how you know the first events of the year are going to go so i think for some of these outdoor sports it's not going to look terribly different yeah uh, it won't be such a shock but it, it there are going to be some slight some slight differences that you're going to have to deal with if you're out there absolutely well i think that kind of wraps up our um cross country segment um up next we're going to be kind of talking about girls tennis and just you know like we kind of talked about went to our first match of the season and a little different, but still a lot of fun to watch those girls, you know, compete hard and have some fun on the, on the courts. Um, but 
Before that, we're going to go for a small little break and kind of talk to you a little bit about our Community Thrives Project, which um, is really a really cool opportunity for the metro or for the community um, to get a few grants and, and have opportunities to continue growing in this St. Cloud community. So um, stay tuned for that, and we'll be back in just, just a little bit as we uh, get ready for girls' tennis segment. The Gannett Foundation is giving away $2.3 million this year to local projects. These grants include anything from youth sports to health to the arts, as well as parks. These are challenge grants, meaning the local organization has to do some fundraising of their own to demonstrate local support for the project. The deadline to apply is 11.59 p.m. Friday, September 11th. Please go to act.usatoday.com for more information. The Gannett Foundation is the philanthropic arm of the owner of the St. Cloud Times. And we're back with our final section of um, our preview first show of the SC Times Sports Report. Um, if you're listening to us, thank you. Um, please, you know, rate, review, um, you know, all those great things as we kind of get this podcast started up. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, thank you for you know, giving this a chance. And if you're still listening at this point, you must have liked it because we're pretty deep into the show at this point. So um, as we get into our final segment here of girls tennis, um, Brian and I, we were out at our first event yesterday on Tuesday, as I said earlier in the show, we're recording this um, on Wednesday, August 26th, I think we're at now. It's hard to keep track of days now, but yeah, Wednesday, August 26th, we're recording this. And on the 25th on Tuesday, we were out at Tech as they hosted um, the first high school event in the area. Um, we kind of we kind of gave a little, you know, flash forward to it earlier in the show. But Brian, what did you notice kind of uh, just the protocols and the social distancing and mask usage and all that kind of stuff? What did it look like um, for, you know, people that weren't at, at the tennis courts? Yeah, it was, I mean, when you walk in, there's plenty of signs that say, please social distance, please wear your masks. Um, there's a, I mean, you, you got a nice picture of it in, in the gallery on online, but kind of shows a um, whiteboard that says, you know, please follow these instructions of wearing masks. Um, they had blue, <clears throat> excuse me, they had blue um, ribbons that were kind of marked, marked on the poles of all the fences. Um, to kind of create that social distancing. So basically, if you weren't, if your family wasn't together, you should be between those two blue markers, um, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, quite a bit of people, also quite a bit of Brainerd people that came down, that came down yep. for the match, which was um, kind of fun to see because you had you had a mixture of the of the blue from Brainerd and the and the orange from Tech. Pretty bright. Yeah, pretty bright. Pretty bright day, along with a. 90, I think it was like 90 degree day um, as well. So pretty hot one too. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of, everybody was wearing masks. Um, everybody was social distancing kind of, a, I mean, it, it, it's definitely weird um, it, as a high school sports writer when you're used to just, you know, like just as simple as doing a cheer before the, before the match started, you know, these girls had to kind of do a cheer in a big, big circle all socially distanced from each other and like stick their hand in, uh, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's a different vibe. Um, definitely. I mean, obviously for good reason um, in the sense that everybody wants to be safe, but it's, it, it's definitely a, a different environment. I, I guess, what have, did you, did you kind of get that feeling too um, yesterday? Yeah, I know. And those, I know those polls were about, I think um, Tex AD 
um, David Lanerud, he said they were seven feet apart, which is they didn't even have to mark them necessarily, but they just wanted to to make sure that, and I think that was a good idea because they were bright blue, you know, <laughs> ribbons. They were hard to miss. Um, so, yeah, so people I thought did a really good job of that. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was pretty good overall. Like you said, it was a little weird, you know, the intros and stuff when they stepped up. They didn't do like, you know, they couldn't really all get in, into a huddle necessarily, you know, get that same normal picture. But especially for a sport like tennis, which is a low-risk sport, um, you know, as qualified by, by the state, I think it went, you know, about as well as it could. There were, you know, it was good, like you said, good turnout, good attendance. Um, but people seemed to kind of, you know, take it seriously, do what they need to. And I know as, you know, um, since Tech and Cathedral there um, in co-op this year for the first year, um, Cathedral AD Emmett Kiemet, he was there, um, you know, as well. And he said, too, they're just hoping to just get these kids as many games as they can. You know, they don't really know what the future's going to look like. They just hope everyone follows what they've been told. Um, you know, keep keep doing it. Keep socially distancing. Keep wearing your masks. There's hand sanitizer for the athletes, too. Um, you know, for, for tennis racket stuff, they're not – you know, just kind of tennis, it's easy because they already do kind of just do the bump the tennis rackets kind of thing for high fives mm-hmm. um, instead of using it. And I know um, for the actual event too, it's like when you, when you put the score, they're like only tech players mm-hmm. are supposed to touch that. Um, if a ball comes into your court from another one, don't pick it up, just knock it back with your tennis racket. Um, you know, little things like that, that you, we could take for granted before and you never had to think about. Um, now you kind of, you kind of have to follow those more intense protocols, but yeah, overall, um, other than, you know, it being probably not the outcome tech hoped for, um, a six, one loss in their first day. Um, you know, I think it was a really well run event. What did you see, um, just from the players or what did you take away from kind of the big takeaways from that first game? Yeah. I mean, definitely a tough, a tough matchup to start off the season for tech, um, against conference champion greener, um, (laughs) And they've all they they're returning like eight of their players back. So I mean, it it was it was a tough way to kind of start off the season. But for Tech, they just started a co-op with Cathedral um, this past year, so quite a bit more numbers. Um, and I think they got about eight girls from Cathedral, um, and definitely a fun a fun atmosphere for sure. Yeah, and I guess one of the big names from that Tech Cathedral team, obviously, is, you know, it's been kind of a family name um, in the Tech program for a while is the Tirolis. Um, right now, Ashley's the number one singles player for um, for the Tigers. Um, but then you have Paige, who's a seventh grader, who actually took over the number two spot yesterday. Um, had a good match. She lost 6-3, 6-2. Um, but as a seventh grader, I mean, plenty of talent there. Um and knowing the Trolley family, she'll definitely grow into probably one of one of the more successful ones as well. So, um, but yeah, just a fun day um, being able to go out there and um, quite a bit of talent from from them. A lot of young faces. Um, honestly, I think there's only two seniors that are on that um, that was on that starting squad for the Tech Cathedral squad. So quite a bit of new faces and young young talent that can kind of grow and hopefully, you know, continue to progress as the year goes on, um, depending on, like we said, with sections and state not knowing what that is, but um, hopefully they can at least have some fun there. Yeah, and Ashley, as kind of usual, 6-0, pretty, you know, maybe, maybe 50 minutes it took. I don't know. It was real <laughs> quick. I wasn't even expecting to stay the whole meet. I was getting over to, to Tech Boy soccer practice too, and 
she was already done by the time I was even planning on leaving. So yeah, she got the job done. I know Paige, her sister too. Um, you know, they, I think it was three to two in the first set and it was really competitive there too. Um, and when you, you step in your first ever varsity match, um, it's number two singles. That's a tough spot, especially like you said, conference champ undefeated in conference. I think last year Brainerd was so yeah. Um, a tough test early on. And yeah, as we just look at the results from yesterday, I mean, it was kind of a tough day for our, our local teams. A lot, the, um, all other three squads were on the road. And also, as if you read Brian's preview, also you'll see that almost all of them are very young, turning over a lot of their roster, trying to find those people. Um, and especially in something like tennis, you kind of takes a couple matches to kind of fit everyone into those spots. So it might take a little bit, but um, just looking at the scoreboard, I know Wilmer uh, beat Apollo Soccer App at 7 nothing. Um, Ricori went down 6-1. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Adeline Lesh was the only one to, to win a match for them, but she won at number two singles. Um, and then Sartell was all the way up at Moorhead yesterday. As That's quite a trip. Um, but that's going to be kind of normal for a lot of these conference teams this year. And they lost 7-0 um, up there to start their year. So a tough first day for our girls' tennis teams, but a lot of them on – Thursday are going to return home for the first time um, in the next couple of weeks. They're going to kind of get into the swing of things. Yeah. And, and you know, with that match yesterday, um, I know for us, we, you know, Zach had a really good gallery of photos, so you can check that out at sctimes.com um, as well as I put up a small brief about what happened and, and a small video as well. Um, we'll be having a feature coming out here shortly on um, for, for the first kind of main feature of the year. Um, in a sense, but yeah, other than that, I mean, Zach kind of hit it on the head with, with just the young talent. I mean, with Sartell, you know, they graduated, um, nine seniors last year and, um, pretty much took wiped out their entire varsity roster, honestly. So they're kind of all starting from, from scratch. They returned four girls, um, that had some time on varsity, but maybe didn't play every single match on varsity last year. Um, they're only one returner. Um, that is pretty strong, um, is Raina St- Stangley. Um, um, she is, from the sounds of it, a, a powerhouse. She she has a she she's a softball player, so she kind of has that that power um, to kind of throw people back a little bit um, with with her with her forehand. Um, but and then we talked about Tech and Cathedral just being a new co-op. Um, definitely some young talent there that's going to be kind of growing throughout this season. Ricori also has um, some returning players that are going to be kind of the key leadership that, that they need. Um, But they lost four seniors last year. Um, They are kind of, they, they have quite a bit of like the singles aspect. Um, They have their number one and number two girls coming back. Um, But, and their number four singles as well. Um, but still quite a bit of competition. And also the main part with, with these younger teams is the doubles aspect because you have to find a partner that really works well with you. Um, yeah. well, that, can be, that can be a tough thing to, to try and figure out. Like, like you said, it takes a couple of matches to kind of figure out if that duo is working well or not. Um, and you also don't want to like just pull the plug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's good yep. to kind of just see. So um yeah, so I mean, it'll be kind of interesting to see how that kind of unfolds. The last one is um, Apollo and Sock Rapids. So since there's quite a bit of co-ops, um, there's only four teams in the Metro that we cover. Um, 
and they are Apollo and Sock Rapids. They're the Storm and Eagles. Um, I like I like that. <laughs> so they they have quite a bit of young talent as well. Um, they don't really have any seniors. Um, they have all four all four of their captains are juniors. So that just kind of shows you you know you know obviously this year's going to be kind of a growing year, but next year might have quite a bit of talent with those seniors that are going to be coming up and continuing to learn. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, kind of that, that common word is young talent. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of the main thing when it comes to girls tennis this year. Um, but should be kind of exciting just to see some of those faces for a while. I mean, we're going to be having some ninth graders and some 10th graders that will be in this program for the next three, four years. Um, as well as maybe a couple even eighth graders and you have Paige who's a seventh grader. Um, so kind of some recognizable names as, as the years go on. So that'll be kind of exciting as that'd be exciting as well. Yeah. And I know with Ricori when they were up in Bemidji for that, um, six, one loss, I saw they were even broadcasting the game on the radio. There were two guys like up in like, you know, stands like 15, 20 feet tall broadcasting, doing a radio broadcast. So yeah. Everyone's getting a little, um, creative and doing things differently than they have in the past. But that was kind of cool to see. I saw that on Twitter yesterday too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that'll about wrap up um, our first show here on the SC Times sports report. Um, And get it. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Ben, gosh, it's been too many months in the making. Um, But yeah. So just to, to kind of recap, um, we're going to be out at, you know, it depends when this podcast actually launches, um, when you'll get this first episode, but we're going to get a lot of cross-country swim, soccer me- games and meets um, on Thursday and then next week. Um, you know, basically there's some variations, but basically the schedule for all these schools is Tuesday and Thursday is when all the games are. Um, so those are the days to look out for us at events. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, me at SC Time Zach and Brian at, at Brian Mosey, once again, very original um, for both of us. Um, that's where I, that's the best place to get updates. Um, follow along. You can go to sctimes.com for videos, photos, um, those features. If you're for subscribers, all that kind of stuff. Um, that will be great. And Brian, do you also want to give, um, one thing we want to do too, is we want to give, um, you know, our email, um, our sports line email and our kind of sports line for calls too. If you have any questions, we kind of want to encourage this that in the end of the show, if you know, you have any questions about, um, any of the teams, athletes to watch for, um, what the season's looking like, any of that, we'd love to answer um, a wide-ranging um, kind of array of calls and emails. So, Brian, do you want to give them that information? Yeah, yeah. Um, our our email is sports at sport – or, sorry. Our email is sports at stcloudtimes.com, and that would be S-T-C-L-O-U-D-T-I-M-E-S, all one word, dot com. Um, Per my my work phone number personally is um, 320-255-8772. Um, you can call that. And right now I'm not at the office, obviously, because we're doing a Zoom call. Um, but once we're able to get back in the office, otherwise the voicemails that you leave will be sent to my email and I can certainly look at those. The main part for us is this podcast is meant for you. I mean, you as listeners, um, for us, Obviously, this is our job, so we love it. Um, we love going out to games. We love going out to different meets and events. Um, but we're kind of surrounded with this, so we kind of see every aspect of this. 
Um, obviously it's hard to kind of get everything out there to the public. So if there's things that you're really passionate about, you want to know more about, maybe it's, you know, I want to know who the D one athletes are in this, in this area. I mean, we can, we can have a segment about that. Um, we can talk about young talent that's coming up that could be potentially a D one athlete, whether it's fall season or just overall the entire school year season. Um, just those types of things are going to be really important for us to kind of see what people want to hear, what people don't want to hear. Um, if you get bored about a certain segment or if we're doing a certain segment every single time that you kind of like, no, we don't want to do this anymore. Let us know good feedback, bad feedback. I mean, we're good with anything. Um, we just, we just want to hear kind of your opinions and your thoughts as the season continues, because there are a lot of questions along with this whole COVID aspect that we definitely, I mean, even us, we don't know all the answers, <laughs> we're still trying to talk to athletic directors and certain people like that to figure out these answers. Um, but what we can do is we can at least know and gauge what you want to hear. And, and that will also help us with keeping this podcast going and um, in a positive direction for future, um, for future weeks. And, and hopefully within, you know, I mean, our goal is to kind of keep this going for the next year, two, three. I mean, we're trying to, keep this thing rolling for, for a while because we know sports is a really big deal around here. So yeah, definitely send us an email at sports at stcloudtimes.com. Um, you can also give me a call on my work phone. I don't know if you want to give out your work phone number, um, Zach, but otherwise, um, yeah, we're, we're just excited to kind of get this thing rolling. Yeah. Brian's the main prep sports reporter here. I'm usually the college guy mostly, but stepping in for high school here. So yeah great just give him a call um any feedback is awesome we really appreciate it so thanks for listening to the first edition of the sc times sports report um remember rate review um subscribe on itunes spotify wherever you get your podcasts and thanks for tuning in this week and we'll see you again next time